0: You can also gain access to our found footage show, the Weird Tape series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
4: all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people to learn more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
0: The way was finally clear, and despite myself, I was slowing down. All cornered beasts could become monsters, and that went double for the truth. Maybe triple. Spider wasn't going to just lay down and die. He didn't get where he'd gotten to by being an easy target, or by being stupid. He'd be ready for me, waiting for me to make a mistake. Kicking in the door with a head full of fire was likely just what he was hoping I'd do. I paused just outside the entrance to his quarters, took a deep breath. This was it. Just six feet of space between me and the vengeance I'd craved my whole goddamn life. By that time, I'd gotten used to the surge of banality the dull wash of poisonous simplicity. But at that moment, I'd never felt the distinction so sharply, where the ordinary died and the unnatural rose from its grave. The room was black, a void, yet it crawled with the invasive powers from beyond the pale, and my own power was rising up before them all like a mongoose in a hole full of serpents. I thought you were a spider, not a chicken. You gonna come out or what? (laughs) A moment in time saves nine, little Isaiah. (laughs) Karis's voice came from nowhere. It was so disconnected from space it seemed like he was talking from somewhere inside my head. From my memories. Playing on my emotions will get you nowhere fast, Uncle Edwin. I'm not a kid anymore. That shit don't flow. Oh, <laughs> not a kid anymore. Why, you're so much less than merely a child. My poor, poor little buddy. Why, do you know how long I've been guarding my gates? I'll tell you. Before your shambling forebears offered gifts to the sun, before the stars infected the sky, And you believe yourself to be the one to put me out of the world? No, you're just another husk in the web. (laughs) And on that count...
5: Welcome to my parlor, said the spider to the fly.
0: Ah! The darkness crushed around my field like massive jaws. It was the first time I'd ever felt the otherworldly push back like that. It was actually overwhelming my pale field.
5: I wonder who it is. Your benefactor. They were quite clever until now. But what is the cleverest child against the wizened stone of the oldest mountain? I suspect they were born of the effulgence of this little rock in space, from the inchoate dreams of monkeys. Do you know the power I wield, child? The number of souls I've sent to hell? I confess, even I've lost count. But whatever it might be, it shall be increased by one very Very soon...
0: Beyond being slowly crushed, I knew the power Spider was tapping into was coming from a specific location in the room. I could feel a sort of directionality to it, its outline where it pressed against my own power. I'd never micromanaged my field that precisely before, or with such effort and I could only spare the slightest rivulet of pale force. But I had to stem the flow of whatever energy Spider was using to crush me like a bug.
5: I can see why they're so interested in you, why they invited me to help them. Who would have thought that a wakeless, one of their filthy mailings no less, could be possessed of such interesting qualities?
0: Ugh. What are you talking about? You were behind the
5: sleep-wake project. My fucking lie about it Ugh, now? Unrequainted wonder is the sad providence of your kind. Creatures only just sprung from the infested loam, Confusing their own foolishness for wisdom. You know nothing of the greatest fears, or those who populate them. Mice are not meant to know the hand that fashions the maze, only to go where they are led. I had to
0: keep him talking while I zeroed in on the source of the power. Power that felt every bit as shitty as the stuff that had leaked up from that mine in marrows. But I also wanted to hear more of what the asshole had to say, to see how far the rabbit hole went. Uh, who the fuck are you talking about? Who was behind the Sleep Wake
5: Project? Those who wish to unseat the kings and queens of below. To cement their place as the ultimate parasites. Which makes killing you all the more essential I'm afraid. What difference does it make now? Tell me their fucking names! I... Will not suffer you to die with the satisfaction you will leave this world as you entered it, trembling and ignorant. Uh, what's the matter? You afraid I'll
0: get out of this and spill the spill the beans that these fucking
5: parasites will find out and come looking for you? Say whatever you like. They are your last words after all. Yes. You ain't got too many words left
0: yourself, Spidey old boy. Once Batna gets her claws on you, and I hope you weren't expecting that rat pack of yours to help out either. They broke for the exits, right after Devlin took one to the brain pan.
5: Your concern for your dear Uncle Edwin is touching, if horribly misplaced. But fear not, little Isaiah. I shall abide. I was about an inch from making like a
0: melon in a trash compactor when I finally got a fix on the source of Spider's power. There was no use being fancy about how I took it out. Uh, by this, asshole! When the lights came back on... I saw what Spider was using to fund his portal into the netherworld, or at least what was left of it. It was some kind of organic machine. The thing sort of reminded me of one of those mundane devices we took into the Grey Bolgia, except this one looked like it was made from flesh and bones. I didn't have time to figure out precisely what it was, as I had bigger bugs to squash. Even with Spider's sick technology kaput, the room hadn't exactly gone back to normal. An entire section of the farthest wall was a gaping, encrusted hole, a sort of funnel web that stretched back into a pocket of sprawling darkness. And while I couldn't see him, I could sure as hell feel inhuman eyes upon me, slick and glittering within the gloom of alien space. For a guy who's been guarding his gate for the better part of creation, you sure do fuck up a lot. I wasn't sure what I was looking at, an attempt at a retreat, or was he gearing up for some kind of attack? The funnel web was the obvious target, but maybe that was the point. Did I finally catch that fucker flat-footed? Sometimes, you just gotta make your play. I went for the web. When nothing happened, I drew right up to the edge of that great big hole. I couldn't help but think of the dimensional disjunction I'd crossed into to face off with the crematorian, and how I'd got my ass clobbered for my troubles. I needed to use my head. Wherever the hole led, it couldn't be far enough for Spider to get out of bat in his way. If that were the case, he'd already beaten feet by now. It had to be some kind of pocket dimension, a self-sustained shard of some darker realm. Spider's last retreat. With all this in mind, I extended my field, looking for the edges of the anomaly. Sure enough, it had boundaries. Boundaries I could wrap my power around and squeeze. When the miniature reality started to crush down beneath my grip, with no small amount of help from the surrounding pale matter, I couldn't help but smirk. They say turn about is fair play, so you can either come out of there or I can turn you into paste. What's it gonna be, Uncle Edwin? Holding the swirling dimensional anomaly firmly, I gradually became aware of its intricate details. They were nebulous, Vague impressions rather than specific insights. There was an implication of war on a cosmic scale, executed with utterly merciless intent. I started to grapple with insights so profound, I doubted they were intended for the human mind to comprehend. They revealed creatures of immeasurable power, whose relentless conflict shattered time and space. Incipient celestial energies curled in the blazing wake of these beings. Just trying to process it all was breaking my concentration, loosening my grip on what seemed like a shard of some broken reality. That's when a monstrous hand shot out from the anomaly, snatching me up and pulling me into the dark.
3: I wouldn't have been surprised if the entire continent was shaking beneath the War of Monsters. They were like two natural disasters vying for dominance, cracking the earth with titan steps and splitting the air with unearthly roars. But while they were both monsters, their respective killing styles couldn't have been more distinct from one another. Batna was like an animal, her attacks primal and ferocious, lashing out with countless lethal appendages, leaping and charging. And then there was the monster that Mary had become. Even at the size of a mountain, she balanced power with precision, her attacks careful and measured. For every haymaker Batna landed, Mary scored two. While it may have been easy to assume Batna the better brawler, if only due to her experience at managing her size on the regular, Mary drew from my experience as a dream catcher, where I operated at just about all scales. From invading extragalactic monster to microbial interloper, I'd played every role known to dreams, and I was good at it. I think now is the time I tell you how I am more than a little disappointed by your showing. You're barely living up to the title of Queen of Monsters. (laughs) Mary was every inch a beast, lobbing insults on top of haymakers, literally kicking her opponent when she was down. But Batna was hardly a creature to trifle with. Do
5: you think this body is all that I am? I am all that I have devoured. I am both the ravening flesh and the jaws that rend and tear. I am hunger incarnate!
3: Batna lowered several drooling maws and issued what could only be described as a storm of roaring gray fire. The stuff shot out of her like a volcanic eruption. Mary tried to sidestep it, but the fire spread out like an untamed beast, unbridled, determined to consume everything. With the fire engulfing Mary, the pain traveled all the way into the darkness to overwhelm me as well. We could feel the teeth of a million mouths trying to devour us. All at once, hunger made from fire. Fire with an appetite hotter than the stars. But Mary wasn't one to give up the fight. She drew her Beylik. A thing now made from metal fangs and ribbons of flexing sinews, and sent its blade flashing from without the gray blaze. It sliced deeply into Batna's chest, coaxing a howl from the monster that shattered stone. Using the dim to shrug off the rapacious flames, Mary rose from the conflagration, her eyes like electric stars. Focusing their light upon the whited earth, she called forth jagged lances of stone to impale the great carnivore. Batna recovered quickly. Legions of her lashing tails swept away the towering columns of earth. Lowering her head of spiraling horns, she charged. But Mary was ready. She seized the oncoming horns of the carnivine, pulling and tumbling to her back. As she fell, she thrust her clawed feet into Batna's midsection, utilizing the behemoth's own momentum to send it sprawling. Once Batna was nearly inverted, Mary used her formidable legs to launch the monster into the frozen hills far beyond the silentage. The titan of hunger collided with the stone like an atom bomb devastating the earth and raising clouds of sprawling debris. As the echoes of the impact rippled across the earth like distant thunder, it seemed that Mary's maneuver might have ended the conflict. But the ground began to shake as wide swaths of the decimated hills crumbled, the resulting landslides kicking up more blinding dust. Batna exploded from the rubble and loosed yet another volcanic blast of growling gray flame. Mary, equally undaunted, spread leathery wings that drowned the world in crawling shadows. With a mighty thrust, she shot skyward, sending the hazy clouds of debris into the distance as the oncoming inferno passed harmlessly beneath her. Spreading her own massive wings, amalgams of bird and bat and insect, Batna lifted into the sky to confront Mary. They circled each other as they climbed higher into the storm. Batna blasting devouring fire, while Mary snapped her Baelic and flashed her cold blue eyes.
5: Why would a creature
3: such as you serve a thing so low as the Nasul?
2: I serve no
3: one, monster.
2: I came to kill you of my own free will,
1: and my reasons for doing so
3: are my own. (laughs) A futile gesture, as I will soon learn
5: all there is to know, once I've swallowed you into myself, joining you with my infinite hunger.
3: Lunging forward, Batna seized Mary by the shoulders, drawing her close, and unleashed a gaze that blazed white with the sheen of the moonstruck night. Once more, I could experience Mary's feelings. An unbearable hunger. My inside seemed to split open, creating a ravenous void that groaned from unending starvation. My mind began to change, shrinking to the singular want to perfect the relentless art of hunting, killing, and feeding. Batna was bending us to the will of her cosmic hunger, Mary fought back, blazing her own lethal gaze, fixing the carnivium with clutching nightmares, clawed spectral hands that sought to rip Batna's eyes from their sockets.. Oh! Damn you Enduring more than she could tolerate, Batna thrust her adversary away, bellowing her indignation in a deafening roar.. Mary, uninterested in wasting theatrics, launched an immediate counterattack, driving the gleaming blade of her Balik into the screaming creature's gaping jaws, spraying Batna's searing blood across the shrieking white sky. Every facet of the Carnivian Queen seemed imbued with life, so much so that even her blood, seconds after being spilt, Transformed into ferocious airborne creatures that threw themselves into the battle. Mary shot upward to create some distance between her and the Carnivian, piercing through the storm's canopy to where the dim sky offered only a sparse collection of unpolished stars. Batna, relentless, followed close behind, slipping beneath the arc of Mary's hissing Balak and landing a crushing blow to Mary's face with a mighty fist. The impact catapulted Mary across the expansive sky, her wings flapping wildly in a desperate search for stability. As she strained to right herself, the looming form of the giant carnivore blindsided her from above, its knotted fists blasting her earthward like a screaming comet. Skillfully catching an updraft, Mary redirected her precarious descent, skidding to a stop across the frozen expanse just beyond the palestone pillars. However, before she had a chance to regain her footing, Batna crashed down on her from above. The impact shattered the massive ice sheets, casting them both beneath the frigid surface of the water. Entangling each other like demonic pythons, monstrous limbs and snapping jaws twisted and strained, churning the frigid waters into thrashing waves. It was difficult to discern where Mary ended and Batna began. Neither willing to concede, they continued to constrict around each other as they descended into darkness. Their bodies sank to the unfathomable depths of the sea, their unyielding convulsive movements kicking up clouds of inky refugence. Turning away from the desperate underwater battle, I shifted my attention to the knock on the door of the bedroom. Slowly, I drew up to the door and put my ear against it. Uh, who's there?
6: Why, it's the milkman, Romy. Won't you let me in so we might talk over a tall glass of moo juice?
3: (laughs) Oh, fuck you, Pills. If you want to talk, do it from out there.
6: Now, is that any way to treat the person who freed you from your lifelong ignorance?
3: What the hell do you want? And how did you even get in here? (laughs)
6: don't you know yet, Romy? Why, the world of the mind is my oyster. As for what I want, I desire to help you, and so, help myself.
3: Well, that sounds about right.
6: You see, I have no desire to be shipped to a subterranean city strapped to this goddamn machine. Only to be sunk into some other contraption that will do who-knows-what to me. So, I'd like to help you come out on top of things. But you'll need to free me to see it done.
3: (laughs) That figures. I guess it all depends on what you have to offer.
6: My dear, I have nothing less to offer. Than all the minds in the world.
7: <laughs> the Sleep Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anselone and performed by Kelly Bear and mark anzalone the episode was edited by walker kornfeld and sound production and editing was performed by steven anzalone be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at maltopia that's m-a-e-l-t-o-p-i-a if you want unique art and animations of maltopia's stories visit our youtube page or click on the link in the show notes if you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content, such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash